Hey, we are in a race. We're racing against time. We're racing against Satan. We're racing against all kinds of obstacles that are before us. But yet I know that through Jesus Christ, nothing is impossible. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thanks for joining us today as Raul continues our study of 1 Corinthians. Exploring the practical side of faith, he'll encourage us to look for ways to honor God in our daily life. You'll see that all of us, even those in full-time ministry, are accountable to the Lord for our actions. Every choice is an opportunity to glorify God, from serving in church to paying taxes. Let's listen as Raul Reese continues with part two of the lesson, Christian Liberty. Join us in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10. For if anyone sees you and have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. Notice what he says. You will make that brother backslide and go away from Christ who Christ died for him then he says again verse 12 but when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience you sin against Christ notice you're not sinning just against your brother you're sinning against Christ therefore if food makes my brother stumble I will never again eat meat lest I make my brother stumble Notice what Paul said. For love's sake, I will not do anything that is going to cause people to walk away from Jesus Christ. I'm going to be careful what I do. I don't want to see them away from Christ. Now Paul defends his right to support here. He talks about his apostleship. He continues. He says, am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Am I not, have I not seen Jesus Christ, our Lord? And are not you the work in the Lord? I mean, rhetorical questions. Hey, am I not worthy of all these things? I mean, who do you think you are when I am an apostle of Jesus Christ? Do you think you're better than I am? Verse 2, if I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. Notice, Paul says, hey, you know who I am, and you know what I've done, and you know that I brought you the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I prayed for you, and I loved you, and I was your pastor, he says. And they were criticizing him, these other people were criticizing Paul. My defense to those who examined me is this, so they were cross-examining Paul. And Paul's not going to defend himself in the gospel. He says, do we have no right to eat and drink like everybody else? Do we have no right to take along a believing wife and as do also the other apostles, brothers of the Lord like Peter, Cephas? They were criticizing Paul. Paul at one time was married or his wife died or he left them because he came to Christ. He was on the Sanhedrin. But Paul chose to be single for the rest of his life, and God gave him the gift of singleness. 
But he's talking about the liberty that the other disciples had. And they were criticizing Paul for his preaching, for his eating, and also for the things that he was doing. He says, look, hey, I haven't stumbled anybody. Do you guys think you're more special than I am? You don't think that I have a right to have a wife? Or to have a meal? Or to go to dinner? And to do all these things that everybody else does? Or is it only Barnabas and Peter and I who have no right to refrain from working? Now, let me explain to you what he's saying here because this is important. Paul the Apostle, because of the criticism he was getting, he decided that he would not take one penny from the church, but that he would work himself to get his own salary. That's what he did. But he also is going to teach that those that are in the ministry should live off the ministry, not lord over the ministry. They have a right. Why? Because they teach and they preach and they study. And they take care of the people's needs spiritually, like any other profession. And yet the ministry is not a profession. The ministry is a calling of God. You see? It's a call. Where God calls you to a life of faith. To trust and to believe God for whatever he wants to do. And they were criticizing Paul because he was a pastor. And Paul not only was a pastor, but he was a great businessman. He actually made tents. And Paul would actually go from 6 o'clock in the morning till 11 and he would actually preach. And then from 11 o'clock to 3 o'clock in the afternoon he would work. And then in the evening he preached again. So he supported himself by doing that. And that's what he's talking about here. Verse 7, look what he says. He says, whoever goes to war at his own expense. I mean, how many people do you know today? Marines, Army, Navy, Air Force. That they have volunteer and then they pay their own way. The government doesn't pay them. Is that what happens? No way. The government pays them a salary. You see? They don't go for free. It's a profession. He says, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit? A farmer, you know, goes out there and plants and then the reaping comes. He says, what, doesn't he get anything? Or he just, that's nothing. No. He reaps the consequences. He gets to eat of it. He says, who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock? You see? The labor is worthy of his hire. That's what he's going to get to in a moment. Verse 8. Notice the Old Testament law here. Do I say these things as a mere man or does not the law say the same also? So he's not just going to take you back to the law. Okay, this is New Testament. I'm going to take you back to the Old Testament. What does the Old Testament say? So he says, for it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muscle an ox while it treads out the grain or the corn wheat. Is God not concerned about the oxen? Of course he is. Or does he say to it altogether for your sakes, for our sakes, for our sake? No doubt this is written that he who plows should plow in hope. And he who threshes in hope should be partaker of this hope. If we have sown spiritual things for you, it is a great thing if we reap your material things. Notice that. That is... If we are caring for you and if we're really doing what God's called us to do, should you not, like in the Old Testament, take care of what? Of the priest's physical needs? Yes. The priest got a portion of the meals, of the meat and the wheat and the bread. That's how they got paid, but also they got a salary. Watch what he says, verse 12. If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? I mean, if this is true in the Old Testament... Paul is saying, Paul had every right to get what? To take an offering, or to get an offering. 
But he did not get one. Why? Because he did not want to take a salary from them because they were already criticizing him. They were putting him down. He said, look, I'll work. I'll work for my money. God will provide my needs. And it was so cool because when I came to Calvary Chapel, I never asked for a salary. I lived by faith all my life. We never took anything from the church until the church was able to do what? To maintain. And then the board set up a place for a salary. And then they began to pay me a salary. And they began to pay me as their pastor. That we never required or we demanded. That's not the way it works. There are so many people today in the ministry that are not only demanding but requiring what they want. Well, you know, I'll come to work if you pay me so much. In the world, you can do that. But in the ministry... We don't demand. It's a call of God. And that's why when you turn on television or listen to the radio, how many times you hear people ministering to the people? No, they're always begging for funds. They're asking for money. Hey, if God's not leading and God's not providing, then get a job. But why should we beg and ask people? It's sad. All the gimmicks I've seen in my life is terrible. Terrible. Some of these evangelists, some of these pastors should never be in the pulpit, man, because they're just car salesmen. Nothing against car salesmen, okay? To me, it's incredible that this Christian television station can bring in millions and millions and millions of dollars and the abuse of the money. I've been there. The abuse of money. And then you have ministries that are right on Small and medium and large ministries that are so right on and are doing so much for God, man. And yet people will not give to those ministries. It's sad. Terrible. But what I've learned is first of all, that God will take care of your needs. And a lot of times, if a pastor has a small church, and let's say that the church is not meeting the pastor's need, you know, to give him full time in the ministry. A lot of times it's because the people are not giving to the Lord as they're supposed to be giving to the Lord. God is providing, but he's not providing because the people are robbing God from their offerings and their tithes. You see, we can't blame God. The people are the ones that are at fault. Why? Because they're not willing to give sacrificially to the Lord. And these people were uptight against Paul. And yet Paul says, man, look, man, I didn't take one thing from you, ever. The gospel is free. I love what I do for the gospel of Jesus Christ. How I thank God for you here at Calvary Chapel. There is no possible way that we could ever do what we're doing if you were not being obedient to the word of God and giving to God what belongs to God. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us anytime at 800-634-9165 for more Bible-based resources to strengthen your faith. And don't forget to join Raul on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. Now let's return to more of our lesson from 1 Corinthians. Paul in verse 13. This is the Old Testament practice again as he's talking about this right in Christ. He says, don't you know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar? 
So he's talking about what? The priests in the Old Testament and now how they lived out the sacrifices and they were giving money. And yet why? Because they were doing a priesthood. They were in the ministry. Verse 14. The teaching of Jesus now. Even so the Lord Jesus Christ hath commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. You see? It's biblical for pastors to get a salary and if the people want them to minister. But never to lord over the people, never to steal from the sheep. Never ever to do what is not in the word of God. And to set up your own rules and regulations. That's not what he says. Then he says in verse 15 to 27, look. But I have used none of these things for honor, nor I have written these things that it should be done to me also. He says, I'm not writing this letter, and like I said tonight, I'm not saying these things to appeal for money. I don't want an offering. That's Paul saying, hey, I'm not saying these things so you, that everybody can feel sorry for me. Say, oh man, let's take up an offering for Paul. No, he's not saying that. He says, don't get me wrong. For it would be better for me to die than notice that anyone should make my boasting void. I would lose face if I was preaching for money and making an appeal for money. I love this, verse 16. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. What does he mean? Hey, whether you pay me or not, I'm going to preach the gospel. Woe is me. If I preach not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how I feel. Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly. I have a reward. You notice if I do it by calling of God. And I do it not because I have to. But I do it willingly. Then God's going to reward me. But if against my will. I have been entrusted with a stewardship. I have to remember that God has made me what? A manager of this place. A manager of the carpet. A manager of everything you see here. I'm a house manager. And I have to do my best with the monies that people give here. Never to abuse anything at Calvary Chapel. But to be wise in what we buy. And what we do for the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God has to be number one. Number one. That's what Paul said. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Jesus Christ without any charge. I wish some of these evangelists would read this. We don't charge for the gospel. I mean, I've heard people say, well, I'll come and speak if you can pay me so much. Hey, you know what? Don't come. We've had music groups, you know, we won't come unless you give us $3,000. Well, you know what? We don't need you to come. The gospel is free. Now, if we give you an offering, praise the Lord. We know your needs. We know you're married. You know, you have to take your bills. But to set a price for the gospel of Jesus Christ is wrong. Totally wrong. The gospel is free, Paul says. I preach the gospel. Why? But I don't charge the gospel for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That I may present the gospel of Christ without charge. That I may not abuse my authority in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you believe that there are people... They will go out and speak, well-known people, and to get to speak for 45 minutes, they will get $5,000. Hey, we're not movie stars. We're not celebrities. We are servants of the Lord. We preach the gospel whether you pay me or not. 
I'm going to preach the gospel because it's in my heart. God has called me to proclaim the gospel. God has always taken care of my needs and he will continue that money. is not even an issue here. It's my call in Jesus Christ. Are you called or not called? You see? And then when God sees your heart, then God provides for your needs. But if you start saying, I need so much to live on and I want this and I want that, let me tell you something, God will never use you that way. Yet step out by faith. And then God will bless you. Look what else he says. Verse 19. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. Hey, Paul says, hey, I take this opportunity and I don't take nothing from anybody. Why? Because the work that I do, I do it as unto the Lord. Why? Because I want to see you get saved. I'm doing it for free. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew. That I might win a Jew. To those who are under the law. As under the law. That I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law. As without the law. Not being without the law towards God. But under the law towards Christ. That I might win those who are without the law. All to do with what? With love. Not under the law. But to the law of love. Love is the key. I do it because I love God. And I love people. That's why I'm doing it. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Not everyone's going to get saved, but some will. And now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. You do not know that those who run in a race, all run and all and one receives a prize, run in such a way that you may obtain it. Now he's concluding the letter right now, and what is he doing? He turns back to the actual races the Olympic races. And he's going to talk about our race that we have in Jesus Christ. You know, this life, this call of God, it's a race. Everybody can start on a race, but how many people do you know can really actually finish the race? It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And Paul's going to tell you here how to finish well. Look what he says. We're all running a race. Verse 25. And everyone who competes for the prize is what? It's temperate in all things. What does he mean? If you're going to run in the Olympics, or you're going to play soccer or baseball, whatever it is, if you're an athlete, what are you going to do? You are going to discipline your body and your mind. You're not going to be out late with your friends drinking and partying and then expect to play baseball the next day. It wouldn't be good discipline. Paul says, if you're an athlete and you want to win a gold medal, what are you going to do since you're a little child until you become a teenager and then when you're able to qualify, you've been for years and years of discipline practicing to be the best. To be the best. And Paul says, that's what I've been doing for Christ. Look what he says. He says, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to do what? To obtain a perishable crown. Remember that little laurel they would give to the Olympics in those days? A little leaf they would put in their head. But we, an imperishable crown. Hey, they do it for gold and silver, and we do it for what? For something that is eternal. That's what we're working for. It's eternity. It's not temporal. It's eternal. Therefore, Paul says, you want to know something? Verse 26. Therefore, I, Paul, run thus, not with uncertainty. What does he mean by that? I'm not shadow boxing. I don't just fight the wind. 
He says, I fight not as one that beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. You know what he says there in the Greek? Paul says, I get up every morning and I give myself black eyes and I'm black and blue throughout my whole body. Why do you do that, Paul? To keep my flesh down so that I will not be disqualified from the service of God. That's what Paul says. Look what he says. But I discipline my body to bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself become disqualified or disapproved in the Greek. Hey, how many people you know tonight that started the race, but they've been disqualified from service because of sin? Think how many Samsons have been disqualified. People that started strong, loving God, zealous for God. Man, got baptized in the Holy Spirit, had all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I've seen them all. And then all of a sudden you hear, did you hear about so-and-so? He fell. It is no longer walking with God. Hey, you know what I want to do? I want my desires to be God's desires. And I want to put the desires of my body. I want to bring them to the cross of Jesus Christ. And I want to crucify them. And I want to be a new creation. And I want to live not under the body, soul, and spirit. I want to live under the basis of the spirit and the soul and the flesh to be dead. That's what Paul said. I don't want to live for the now. I want to live for the tomorrow. Don't tell me what kind of a Christian you are. Demonstrate it. Show me by your example. That's what Paul is saying. Show me by your example what you are in Jesus Christ. Anybody can jump into the race and never finish and get a little t-shirt that said, I ran in the New York Marathon. But how many people train and train and discipline their lives and they run and they run and eventually they win the major prize. Hey, we are in a race. We're racing against time. We're racing against Satan. We're racing against all kinds of obstacles that are before us. But yet I know that through Jesus Christ, nothing is impossible. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. I want to be disciplined in my life before Jesus Christ. I need to get up in the morning and spend time with God. And throughout the day, I need to spend time with God. And before I go to bed, I need to spend time with God. And I need to be kind and loving and compassionate. And I need to pay my offering and tithes to the Lord completely without cheating Him. I need to pay my taxes to Caesar, what belongs to Caesar. I need to be nice to people. You know what's going to happen? If you start doing those things, you're going to see not only a better life, but you're going to see the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, how God will use your life not only to speak to others, but He'll make you a tremendous disciple of Jesus Christ. And at the end, you're going to receive the crown of life that He's already prepared for each one of us individually here. We hope that this message has inspired you to view every day as a new opportunity to bring glory to the Lord whether you're going about mundane tasks or serving directly in full-time ministry. 
You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. To hear today's program again, you can get a full copy by calling 800-634-9165 and send a gift of any amount. When you contact us, mention today's title, Christian Liberty. We'd also like to tell you about a resource rich with encouragement and motivational insight. Titled Walking Righteously, Rawls' four-CD audio series will challenge you to spend more time in God's Word and in prayer, filling your spirit and seeking His direction. You'll see that when you surrender to the Lord's will, He can open doors of opportunity for you to share the gospel. So visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 to order Rawls' four-part audio series titled Walking Righteously. We'll send you this resource for a gift of $19 or more. Once again, that phone number is 800-634-9165. To order this resource by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. And don't hesitate to take advantage of all of our free resources. We've archived every one of these programs so you can download podcasts and enjoy more of Rawls' teaching anytime, anywhere. Look for us on iTunes and Spotify. You'll also want to download our app to your iPhone or Android for convenient access to a variety of study helps and a link to our online store. Rawls' daily devotional emails will help keep you centered on the Lord and His truth as well. Visit us online to subscribe. This is a listener-supported ministry, and we value your partnership as we share God's hope and wisdom through these broadcasts. Every contribution is tax-deductible. Join us next time for more guidance from 1 Corinthians. You'll see that your spiritual journey is more like a marathon than a sprint, so it's crucial to show self-discipline and perseverance as you magnify the Lord with every area of your life. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.